Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Oh, let's see. Healed people, cast out demons, preached good news to the poor, died on a cross, rose from the dead. How do we know that these things are true? Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we consider life and work in light of God's story. And that question today is not directly related to the text, but it just happens to fit with our recent theme of, well, how do we know what Jesus has done? So I'm going to give you an answer that is a really short answer to a very big topic. Quoting from um, Josh and Sean McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, the updated version, they cite a guy named Edward Glennie, and he puts it this way, and I think this sums it up. No one questions the authenticity of the historical books of antiquity because we don't possess the original copies. Yet we have far fewer manuscripts of these works than we possess of the New Testament. Kind of crazy, huh? Nobody ever goes, oh, Roman history didn't happen. Oh, uh, Mesopotamian history didn't happen because uh, we don't have any of the original manuscripts. And yet we hear that baloney all the time when the best manuscript evidence by a long ways uh, are the New Testament documents. And speaking of which, turning our attention to that, since that's our primary focus on this particular program, in the book of Luke, we, in the last couple of days, heard Luke sharing stories that kind of show who Jesus is. And now it kind of evolves into kind of the, another part of that, which is Jesus as teacher or rabbi, which means master or teacher. Luke chapter 8. And uh, here we go. Afterward, he was traveling from one town and village to another preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary, called Magdalene, seven demons had come out of her, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. As a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from every town, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and it was trampled upon, and the birds of the sky devoured it. Other seed fell on the rock, and when it grew up, it withered away since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up with it and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground, and when it grew up, it produced fruit a hundred times what was sown. As he said this, he called out, Let anyone who has ears to hear listen. Then his disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? So he said, The secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but to the rest it is in parables, so that, he quotes the Old Testament here, so that, looking they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. 
The seed along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the seed on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. But having no root, these believe for a while and fall away in a time of testing. As for the seed that fell among the thorns, these are the ones who, when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life and produce no mature fruit. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it and, by enduring, produce fruit. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a basket and puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing is hidden that won't be made known or brought to light. Therefore take care how you listen, for whoever has, more will be given to him, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not meet with him because of the crowd, and he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. But he replied to them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. And that's chapter 8, verses 1 through 21. Do we... Do we really know that Jesus can be trusted? Let me reiterate that previous point, and then we'll evolve on to our Old Testament segment. Here's why I think it's so important that we think about evidence. Because Christianity is is real. It's rooted in real stuff. There is no higher reality than, than God and therefore what, you know, real history, etc. But here's the thing. If we have no connection to, no relationship to evidence, then we're making up our own Jesus. Are you with me? If we throw out the Bible, or frankly any other other source, what do we do? Same with Roman history. Oh, well, we can't trust any of those manuscripts, so what do we know? Well, we just make it up. Well, do you want to worship a made-up Jesus? (laughs) As G.K. Chesterton once said, this is kind of off the top of my head, uh, God made humankind in his image, and humankind returned the favor. Jesus can be trusted. And uh, by the way, that is the lesson or the theme for chapters 13 through 35 of the book of Isaiah. And today, we kind of begin this section, which is prophecy against the nations, but part of the part of the gospel here, part of the important what is important here is that God not only can be trusted to do what he says, he has the ability to do what he says. Isaiah picking up in chapter 13. A pronouncement concerning Babylon that Isaiah son of Amos saw. Lift up a banner on a barren mountain, call out to them. Signal with your hand, and they will go through the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my consecrated ones. Yes, I have called my warriors who celebrate my triumph to execute my wrath. 
Listen, a commotion on the mountains like that of a mighty people. Listen, an uproar among the kingdoms like nations being gathered together. The Lord of armies is mobilizing an army for war. They are coming from a distant land, from the farthest horizon. The Lord and the weapons of his wrath to destroy the whole country. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, everyone's hands will become weak and every man will lose heart. They will be horrified. Pain and agony will seize them. They will be in anguish like a woman in labor. They will look at each other, their faces flushed with fear. Look, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel with fury and burning anger to make the earth a desolation and to destroy its sinners. Indeed, the stars of the sky and its constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark when it rises and the moon will not shine. I will punish the world for its evil. There's a key line, my friends. I will punish the world for its evil and wicked people for their iniquities. I will put an end to the pride of the arrogant and humiliate the insolence of tyrants. I will make a human more scarce than fine gold and mankind more rare than the gold of Ophir. Therefore I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its foundations at the wrath of the Lord of armies on the day of his burning anger. Like wandering in zells, and like sheep without a shepherd, each one will turn to his own people, each one will flee to his land. Whoever is found will be stabbed, and whoever is caught will die by the sword. Their children will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be looted, their wives raped. Look, I am stirring up the Medes against them, who cannot be bought off with silver and who have no desire for gold. Their bows will cut young men to pieces. They will have no compassion on offspring. They will not look with pity on children. And Babylon, the jewel of the kingdoms, the glory of the pride of the Chaldeans, will be like Sodom and Gomorrah when God overthrew them. It will never be inhabited or lived in from generation to generation. A nomad will not pitch his tent there, and shepherds will not let their flocks rest there. But desert creatures will lie down there, and owls will fill the houses, ostriches will dwell there, and wild goats will leap about. Hyenas will howl in the fortresses, and jackals in the luxurious palaces. Babylon's time is almost up. Her days are almost over. Israel's Return For the Lord will have compassion on Jacob, and will choose Israel again. He will set of them on their own land. The resident alien will join them and be united with the house of Jacob. The nations will escort Israel and bring it to its homeland. Then the house of Israel will possess them as male and female slaves in the Lord's land. They will make captives of their captors and will rule over their oppressors. When the Lord gives you rest from your pain, torment, and hard labor you were forced to do, you will sing this song of contempt about the king of Babylon and say, How the oppressor has quieted down, and how the raging has become quiet. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers. It struck the peoples in anger with unceasing blows. It subdued the nations in rage with relentless persecution. The whole earth is calm and at rest. 
People shout with a ringing cry. Even the cypresses and the cedars of Lebanon rejoice over you, saying, Since you have been laid low, no lumberjack has come against us. Sheol below is eager to greet your coming, stirring up the spirits of the departed for you, all the rulers of the earth, making all the kingdoms of the nations rise from their thrones. They all responded to you, saying, You have become become as weak as we are. You've become like us. Your splendor has been brought down to Sheol along with the music of your harps, and maggots are spread out under you, and worms cover you. Shining morning star, how you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations, you have been cut down to the ground. You said to yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I'll sit on the mount of the God's assembly in the remotest parts of the north. I'll ascend above the highest clouds. I'll make myself like the most high. But you will be brought down to Sheol in the deepest regions of the pit. Those who see you will stare at you and they will closely look at you saying, Is this the man who caused the earth to tremble, who shook the kingdoms, who turned the world into a wilderness, who destroyed its cities and would not release the prisoners to return home? All the kings of the nations lie in splendor, each in his own tomb, but you are thrown out without a grave, like a worthless branch, covered by those slain with the sword and dumped into a rocky pit like a trampled corpse. You will not join them in burial because you destroyed your land and slaughtered your own people. The offspring of evildoers will never be mentioned again. Prepare a place of slaughter for your sons because of the iniquity of the ancestors. They will never rise up to possess a land or fill the surface of the earth with cities. This is the declaration of the Lord of Armies. He says, I will rise up against them and I will cut off from Babylon her reputation, remnant, offspring, and posterity. This is the Lord's declaration. I will make her a swampland and a region for herons, and I will sweep her away with the broom of destruction. This is the declaration of the Lord of Armies. Turning our attention, Assyria will be destroyed. The Lord of Armies has sworn, as I have purposed it, so it will be. As I have planned it, so it will happen. I will break Assyria in my land. I will tread him down on my mountain. Then his yoke will be taken from them, and his burden will be removed from their shoulders. This is the plan prepared for the whole earth, and this is the hand stretched out against all the nations. The Lord of armies himself has planned it. Therefore, who can stand in its way? It is his hand that is outstretched, so who can turn it back? Turning our attention again, a pronouncement against Philistia. In the year that King Ahaz died, this pronouncement came. Don't rejoice, all of you in Philistia, because the rod of the one who struck you is broken. For a viper will come come from the root of a snake, and from its egg comes a flying serpent. Then the firstborn of the poor will be fed, and the impoverished will lie down in safety, but I will kill your root with hunger." and your remnant will be slain. Wail, you gates, cry out, city, tremble with fear, all Philistia, for the cloud of dust is coming from the north, and there is no one missing from the invaders' ranks. 
What answer will be given to the messengers from that nation? The Lord has founded Zion, and his oppressed people will find refuge in her. Well, that's uh, Isaiah 13 and 14. We're going to hear plenty of that, but along the way, I hope I hope each day to just draw out some little reminder. Besides God's sovereignty here, I want you to remember this. Remember that God is not the author of evil, but in his sovereignty can use it for his purposes, right? Create good out of bad. Well, remember that Assyria was the kingdom that conquered the northern kingdom of Israel in 722 BC and Babylon was the kingdom that conquered the southern kingdom of Judah in 586 BC. So God used them, but at the same time, that doesn't mean they don't have consequences. And this is the foretelling of those consequences. For our wisdom segment today, a change of tone, (laughs) which will be nice. Uh, Psalm 118 is a thanksgiving for victory. And uh, I'll say this. Jesus took one of the verses here as a prophecy of his rejection by the Jewish leaders. See if you can listen for it, and I'll come back to that as we close out. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let Israel say, His faithful love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His faithful love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His faithful love endures forever. I called to the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and put me in a spacious place. The Lord is for me. I will not be afraid. What can a mere mortal do to me? The Lord is my helper. Therefore, I will look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in nobles. All the nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They pushed me hard to make me fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. There are shouts of joy and victory in the tents of the righteous, singing, The Lord's right hand performs valiantly. The Lord's right hand is raised. The Lord's right hand performs valiantly. I will not die, but I will live and proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord disciplined me severely, but did not give me over to death. Open the gates of righteousness for me. I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the Lord's gate. The righteous will enter through it. I'll give thanks to you because you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord. It is wondrous in our sight. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, save us. Lord, please grant us success. He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. 
from the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God and has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. My friends, who do we trust? And how do we know that this isn't just some woo-woo or fairy tale like Santa Claus? Jesus died on a cross and rose from the dead and healed people and preached good news to the poor. And we know it because it's real history. And if we cut off a relationship with historical evidence, then we're making up our own Jesus. I pray that you do trust him and the fact that God speaks. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.